when we first came to DCC in uh, 84, uh, no, in 86, one of the first people that greeted us was Herbie. And uh, he met Cheryl and I. We were just really new young parents. And uh, he's probably shook every person's hand in this room. And so just just uh, uh, played a, a huge role in a very quiet way at, at both here at DCC and at the church and, and up at Round Lake. Um, uh, before Lance comes out, I just want to introduce him again. He is our camp coordinator. Um, he makes sure everything gets going and, and, and happens throughout the summer. If you're and throughout the year, if you're not familiar with Round Lake, um, this church has an opportunity to be part of over 120 churches that support Round Lake. It's located up in the Mohican State Forest area. And um, during the summer, there'll be 2,300 plus campers come through there. Uh, with retreats and everything, um, another at least four to 5,000 people in just private retreats. But over the whole span of a year, about 10,000 people will pass through Round Lake. And I don't know what your uh, experience was if you went to camp as a young person. You know, you might be thinking spiders and broken screen doors and those kind of things. That's not Round Lake. It is a state-of-the-art, beautiful place, um, and the kids love it. And again, as you can see, uh, uh, so many people have been there and been impacted by Round Lake. And so um, again, I would just encourage you to get your kids up there. Um, I'm in charge of the men's retreat this week, this year at Round Lake, so I'm hoping that our guys will help support that, and we'll get up there for the men's retreat in September. And uh, there's a women's retreat. There's just so much that goes on up there, so just take advantage of this. Now, today is Camp Promotion Sunday. There is a, um, you can guess how many items there are in a, in a wagon right out by the Children's Welcome Center, and if you guess closest you'll get a $50 gift certificate towards uh, camp tuition there is also a scavenger hunt and if the kids do that they'll receive a gift at the end of that and if you register by April 30th then you'll get a $5 credit at the canteen uh, up at Round Lake this summer so again there's get your kids involved in that stuff and tell them hey go do that so with that said I'm going to introduce uh, Lance again he's our coordinator he's been there uh, 12 years at Round Lake he took over the reins in uh, 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 October and is, I just love his heart um, he's very much an outdoorsman and um, just a lot of fun and I love his heart for Jesus I love his heart for teaching children and so with that said he's going to bring our message this morning and I'll turn it over to him because he's going to start right away with something fun Good morning. How's everyone doing this morning? Hey, anytime I can share my hobbies with anybody at church, I do that. I also do that at camp with the kids and uh, always enjoy uh, being able to learn a lesson from what God has shared with us. It's good to be here today. Good to be here representing Round Lake and um, excited about this morning. Um, my little airplane thing was really had a lot to do with the message today, so uh, remember that. I hope you will remember that for a long time because I wanted to be a sense of encouragement for you in today's society and this world we live in can be so frustrating at times. As I was thinking about flying the airplane, uh, I need to get a show of hands of how many of you when you were kids or even maybe even last week, maybe not last week, but the last nice day we had, you put your hand out the car window and you let your arm be the wing of an airplane. How many of you ever done that? All right, so I know that you know exactly what I'm talking about. So you got your hand out the window, and you're just you're learning about aerodynamics. You're learning about how you know the hand up and down goes up and down. And but now, how many of you ever just dreamed of putting one arm out each window? 
and then say, hey, Dad, go a little bit faster. Anybody do that? Anybody do that? Okay, so there are not very many people who have thought that. I've thought that quite often. As a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure there's nobody in here that did the following, and that was make cardboard wings and try to jump off the garage roof. Anybody do that? <clears> that <throat> doesn't work too well. And, uh, but for some reason, that, that whole process to me seemed very intriguing, uh, and, and it was just exciting. And, and, and it didn't matter how fast I would run down the backyard with my arms out, and I'd even flap them a little bit. I never left the ground. Never left the ground. How disappointing that must be. And, and I, over the years, you know, you'd look up in the sky, and you'd see these big airplanes and little airplanes, and you see them all the time. And if you don't look up, you won't see them. But, but they're, they're in the sky all the time. And if you're ever standing beside one of those big jets, or if you've ever been on one of them, the first thing that goes through your mind is, how does this thing stay in the air? You know, I'm going to get in this jet, and I'm going to fly all over the place. How does it stay in the air? And, and, and I just never really grabbed a hold of that. I've been flying remote-controlled airplanes now for about three years, and just enjoy it so much. Uh, I, I like the, the look of an airplane when it's in the sky, but it, the, it just amazes me over and over and over again how it works. So I've been studying just a little bit and trying to figure out the aerodynamics and just exactly how an airplane stays in the air. And uh, I have to go back to Newton's law of physics. Newton's law of physics, I want to read uh, three of them. There's uh, three basic principles in the Newton's law of physics. Number one, an object at rest will remain at rest until acted on by an unbalanced force. An object in motion continues in motion with the same speed and in the same direction unless acted upon by an unbalanced force. So all in all, to make that real simple, that when an object gets to move and it moves until something stops it, and uh, it only stops when something stops it, and then it would come to rest and it'll stop when it stops. So it's not really complicated, but it just happens. And, you know, when you, 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 it just moves. So, uh, you know, I think he just made an observation. I didn't think he needed to be a real scientist to realize that when something goes, it goes, and when it stops, it stops. So that's the first law of, uh, that Newton uh, shared with us. Number two, acceleration is produced when a force acts on a mass. The greater the mass of the object being accelerated, the greater the amount of force needed to accelerate the object. Now, that one doesn't seem too difficult for me either because I do know that no matter how hard I ran, I never really took off, but yet I was running until I stopped. And it took some kind of energy to do that. Now, when you get into big planes, obviously there's some big jet engines. There's a lot of technology there. And when those things fire up, there's energy, there's force, and that pushes the airplane down the runway that's therefore it takes off. And so, you know, if you cut those engines, things kind of go bad on you really quick. And so there's always a force involved. Uh, now, just to kind of bring it home a little bit closer to us, if I would uh, go outside right now and run a mile, I definitely would feel that force against me. And, uh, you know, my, my body and my heart and all that stuff will be pumping. And, and uh, I, I'll, I could probably I could probably run a mile right now with no problem. But when I get to the end, I'm definitely going to be done. And, and it will have consumed all the energy within me to make that happen. And so 
that's the kind of energy I'm talking about. So it's, it's not hard to explain. It takes some energy to make things move. And, and the more energy it takes to move bigger things. So therefore, it takes a lot of energy to move me nowadays. And so I feel that. So those two laws, the Newton's laws, uh, they don't, those are piece of cake for me. I, know, I always kind of understood those. That was basic observation. But the third one has always kind of confused me a little bit. For every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. For every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. Now, this is, this is where the sermon's really all tied in, uh, with the airplane and a thing we call lift. Everybody's heard of lift before. We sang it many, many times in the words to the music today. We hear that word over and over and over again. Hey, go lift that object. Go lift that. Or, you know, I'm going to lift you up today. Or, uh, you know, so we hear that word a lot, but but what is the, the real science behind lift? Well, the science behind lift is what actually makes an airplane stay in the air. It's why I cannot fly as a human being, because I just am not built to create lift. So I want to I stop. i got to go back to the Scriptures real quick here, because I just don't want this to be a science lesson. I'm going to read for you a passage of Scripture that we've heard over and over and over again, and it describes that third law of physics, okay? In Isaiah, the 40th chapter, and if you read the whole chapter, it talks about being constrained to the world and being torn down by the world and being burdened by the world, but yet with Jesus and with God on our side, we're, we have that energy. We can overcome that. So in verse 28 of, of chapter 40 of the book of Isaiah, it says, Do you not know? Okay, and it, this is... You know, when, when I'm sitting here thinking about all this science stuff, you know, it's all about learning things. And so, you know, God says, do you not know? Do you not know and have you not heard that the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the ends of the earth? He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. <laughs> it's exactly what I'm talking about, you know, the, the science and the things of science sometimes just just blows our minds because we don't understand how they work. Well, that's because God created the heavens of the earth. And there's a science to it, but the bottom line is, is we're never going to fathom everything that God has ever done. We'll never figure it all out because God is God. He will never tire. He will never grow weary, but he's got all the answers. So we ask, we ask those questions. How does this work, Lord? So he gives strength to the weary. And increases the power to the weak. I'm starting to hear the Newton's laws all through here, you know, energy and mass and moving. And then uh, even youth grow tired and weary, and the young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Verse 31, one more time. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. So, I'm going to go back to the airplane. I'm going to go back to Newton's law of physics just one last time. Because what I hear the writer of the book of Isaiah say, let's take a look at this eagle. Okay, because when you take a look at the eagle and you take a look at lift and you take a look at all, how that all works, it all comes together. And I've got some things I want to share with you today about the ego itself that gives us some final points about what this passage of Scripture is doing, and you would never know that the Scripture was telling you that unless you understood the ego. 
Now, to understand the eagle, we have to understand lift. Now, uh, I'm going to demonstrate lift to you. This is the, the scientific way to d- demonstrate lift. I have a piece of paper in my hand, and if I would blow on the top of this piece of paper, what do you think is going to happen? It goes down, right? If you blow on something, it goes down. If I blew on the bottom side, it's going to go up, right? Well, Newton's third law says that for every action, there's an equal opposite reaction. And so this is the cool thing that, that science had to figure out, but God had to figure it out way from the beginning. I, I'm going to prove my theory wrong, <laughs> that if I blow on the top of this, it's going to go down. Watch what happens. And the same thing happens when you blow on the bottom. It goes down. So, logic would say if you blow on it, it goes down. But what I did was I created lift. I created lift. So now, to understand lift, we have to go to what the, the, um, the people who fly airplanes and the pilots and, and everybody who understands that. Listen to the definition of lift to a pilot, to someone who flies an airplane. That is the force exerted on the top of a moving airfoil as a low-pressure area, or considered a vacuum, that causes a wing form to rise. Airfoils do not float on air, as we assume they do, just like they do on a boat in the water, but they are pulled up, or they are lifted by a low air pressure trying to equalize. So all of our lives, you know, if, if you were to demonstrate lift with your hands, you, were, you say, and say, okay, a preacher would get up here and say, okay, everybody, let's lift each other up. Or I want to lift my brothers up today. Or I'm going to go lift that object up. You see what my hands are doing? Well, to be honest with you, that's not what lift is. I, I always, you know, when, when we talk about God and, being, and God being there for us, Sometimes we always talk about, well, we just get on God's shoulders and just go for the ride. Well, that's not the way it was designed. It's it's not about us just letting God carry us through this life. It's about creating the right environment in our lives so that we can be lifted up. And so now I'm going to demonstrate lift a different way for you to understand it. Because God is from above and our strength comes from above. And so when the lift is created, we are lifted up. You don't see very many preachers do that. That's kind of weird, you know. Come into church, I'm going to lift everybody up today. Everybody, let's lift each other up. That just doesn't even look right. The reason it doesn't look right because we never think of it that way. If you take, and that's why a, a human being cannot fly, or we don't have we don't have the proper surface level of our arms, and we don't have the the proper airfoil that it takes for a wing to create lift. And so, with that proper the proper design. The air actually goes across the top of the wing and creates like a little vacuum on top of the wing and allows the plane to stay up in the air. And therefore, you need engines and motors and stuff to keep that going. And so um, it's very exciting stuff to think about. But when I read this passage of Scripture, there's some things here about the eagle that we've never really stopped to take a look at. I think it was Tuesday... I was taking a walk around the camp. It was a beautiful day. And I thought, well, I'm going to do some praying and think about summer camp and all the kids that are going to be coming. So I just took a walk through all of our little trails and I uh, got a phone call. And it was my, my buddy Brian. And Brian's an um, uh, experimental pilot in real life 
flies real planes and all that stuff. He says, I'll see you in five minutes. <laughs> he goes, where are you at? Now, that doesn't mean he's going to drive and see me. That means he's going to fly and see me. So I said, well, I can be on the end of the dock in about five minutes. He goes, okay, I'll be there. So I go out onto the lodge side of the dock, and I'm standing there waiting for him to come. And, and he flies over in his experimental plane. It was really windy that day. And he actually came to a stop. And, and his plane was just kind of floating because the wind was so strong. Now, there's a, there's a thing about airplanes that we have to be careful of. It's a thing called stall. Now, I always thought that stall was what happens when the engine shuts off. <laughs> that's, that's not what that means in, in, in aviation. Stall basically means if you've got your airplane into a certain angle and you've lowered your airspeed to a certain point, you lose lift. Okay? And what happens in some airplanes, you can lose lift and it just spirals out of control until you gain gain that angle back and gain the speed back so you can level it out and the lift pulls you back up again. Uh, Some airplanes never recover from a stall. If you're too low to the ground, they just come crashing down. It's a bad thing for pilots to stall. It's not one of those things you even want to practice getting out of because sometimes it's hard to get out of. And so I'm watching this plane up there and, and he's just he's just at a standstill. Now that's just saying stall. I'm like, oh yeah, he's going to stall. He's going to fall right into the lake. Well, what was going on was up in that upper atmosphere, there was a lot more wind. And he was actually using the wind coming toward him to, for his airspeed to stay up. And he was just hovering, just hovering along. And then of course, being an experimental pilot, he decided he does this really big dive. I thought he stalled, but he didn't. And he flew away. And just as he flew away, I look over to the corner of the lake and I see an eagle. And I see eagles quite regularly at Round Lake. There's several families in the area. And this eagle flies over and he's doing the exact same thing. He's just hovering. And I thought of this passage of scripture right away. I said, if we can mount up on wings like eagles, we'll run and not grow weary. We'll walk and not faint. And, and I got to thinking of how special that was. So then I went and did a little studying. And, because I wanted to learn a little bit about why the eagle here was used in this passage of Scripture. It's obviously, it, it wasn't because it's an American symbol, because, you know, this eagle's been around a lot longer than America has been. But when, when I read of some of the things that eagles do, it just amazes me. I want to point out three things about eagles today that can apply to our lives. And just very three quick points about an eagle. Eagles fly alone. Did you ever realize that? And they fly alone in very high altitudes. Now, there have been on occasions I've seen eagles flying, and, uh, and sometimes I'll see this with hawks and buzzards too, where uh, the little birds are picking on them. At least it looks like the little birds are picking on them. They're trying to fly around doing their little hunting thing, and here comes these little sparrows and ravens and blackbirds are all dive-bombing the big bird. And I'm thinking, come on, just turn around and smack them, you know, or eat them or something. And I'm thinking, that's all you got to do. You're the big bird. Don't let anybody else bother you. And so all of a sudden, when that starts to happen, you'll see this eagle acting like, you know, it's really bothering him and trying to get away from the little birds. And all of a sudden, the eagle just goes up, 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 and just begins to soar. Because what happens is the eagle can fly in a higher altitude than the little birds can. And he knows that. And so the eagle gets up and gets away from those little nuisance birds and from those birds that are bugging him all the time, can get up and focus, concentrate, and hunt. Well, man, I get to thinking about that in my life. That's, that's like every day for me. I mean, I get up every day and I start my day and all of a sudden these little birds are running around and just bugging me. 
and the weight of the world and the, the pressures of life and, and my friends and, and job and, and, and family, it just, sometimes it just seems to come crashing down on me and you just don't know what to do. Well, God has built this natural thing into every one of us, and it's called lift. And all we have to do is get up into that higher atmosphere, which we get into the right currents, and we just spread our wings and allow God to lift us up. So the only way I know to get myself in that situation is to get myself away from those situations, to get myself away from the world, to get myself away from all the things that drag me down and get high and go up and look toward the heavens and God will be there with this little vacuum just lifting us up. It's beautiful. Well, the second thing I've learned about eagles has a lot to do with uh, a similar thing. But, you know, in most eagles, uh, and, and uh, they like storms. Now, I don't know about you, but when the, the dark clouds come over and the winds start blowing, what do we do? We go to the basement. <laughs> we go run and hide. We go search for protection. And the eagle is opposite of that. It actually comes out of its nest and begins flying in the high winds, in the storm, because all the little birds can't take the wind, can't take the storm, so they're all hiding in their little nests, and the eagle's got the sky to himself. And for once, for once, the eagle can fly in the atmosphere with nobody bothering him, and he doesn't have to spend any energy to do it because the wind now takes care of everything. And when the wind goes across its wings, what happens? He's lifted. And actually, an eagle can fly with very low energy and, and considers storm time a time of rest. Now, this is kind of contrary to what we usually think of in life because we're all the time trying to figure out how to make life easier and more simple to us. But the bottom line is the tougher of the things that we're faced, the harder that life gets for us, the stronger we're going to be. And I know that's a weird concept to understand, but, you know, with God... In the heavens above, looking out over us, and, and us understanding and realizing that when we pray to Him and we read His scriptures, He gives us understanding to live in this day. And that's all we really got to do is look up, and in times of storm is when we will be the strongest. And, and you, might, you might be in times of storm right now, and you might be thinking, you're crazy. That's not the way it works. Well, I know that if there were not rough times in my life, I probably would not grow as close to God that I am because it's those times that I seek Him out. It's those times that I grow stronger. It's those times that I feel closest to Him because I'm in that upper atmosphere. I'm away from all the things of the world, and He lifts me up. The third thing I want to share with you about an eagle is probably something you've never heard before because I never heard it until I looked it up. But an older eagle has a little bit harder time flying because its feathers start getting light and falling out and getting old and brittle. And so uh, it kind of feels like my days nowadays. You know, I'm going to be turning 50 here, and so, you know, my wings are starting to feel a little bit light, and, and uh, my energy level starting to go down a little bit, and the knees are starting to hurt. And so what happens when an eagle gets to feel in this way, it goes and retires up into the mountains and, and goes to one of its nests that it has built over the years and literally plucks all of its feathers out. Now, I think this is where they come up with the whole bald eagle thing. Because it's, you know, it's nice to say, yeah, the, the eagle with the white head is the male eagle and you know, that's the, the American bald eagle and everything. 
But I really believe that the bald eagle comes, that whole saying of the bald eagle comes from the fact that an older eagle will pull all of its feathers out because what it does is it sheds the old so that it can grow new. And then in its final stages of life, it has refreshed feathers. That is so cool. That is so cool. I didn't even know that, which even makes this passage of Scripture even more exciting because it says when we are to mount up on wings like eagles, we will, we will fly and we will have strength and God will lift us up. And it's not until we shed all the junk in our lives and all the sin in this world and we put that off aside and we just strip it from our lives, we become new in Jesus Christ. Is that awesome? And he will lift us up. I know um, in my life I've experienced this over and over and over again. And when I hike, I experience the same thing. And I'll, I'll make this story real short. But in 1982, I was in Alaska, Douglas Island, seven mountaintops. We were going to hike them all in one weekend. It sounds like fun, doesn't it? Well, I tell you what, we got up on top of the first mountaintop on Friday night, and it was cold, it was rainy, it was misty, couldn't see anything, so we just called it a night. So we'll get up in the morning, and we'll go down, and then come back up to the next one. We'll try to do two that day, two the last day, and we'll get them all done. Well, we got down to the bottom, and it was still rainy, couldn't see nothing, so we climbed back up to the next one. And it was just a struggle. It was just like, man, there were no trails. We couldn't see where we were going. So we got up to the second peak, and we said, let's get to the third one tonight because we've already wasted half a day. We went down, came back up, found out we were on the same mountaintop that we just came down from. We didn't know where we were at. We were confused. We were tired. And to be honest with you, the next day we went down to the bottom, hopped on the boardwalk, and headed right back to town. I, it was the worst hike I've ever hiked in my life, but all I can remember is going down and then back up again, and down and back up again. And then when you get down to the bottom, you think, well, to get back up, you got to go up. And then when you get to the top, you feel, well, I'm up here. This is cool, but there's nothing to see up here, but i got to go back down again. So it's just this up and down, up and down, whirlwind of emotions. And C.S. Lewis calls that the law of undulation. He says that that is the, the, the repeated return to a level from which you fall back the series of peaks and troughs. Well, I'm here to share with you today, and the final part of this message is real simple. God lifts us up from this world, and He's the only one that can keep us up there. And if we do all the things He wants us to do, and we read the Scriptures, and we pray, and we ask God to be in our lives, and we strip the sin from our lives, He will lift us up. And how do I wish I was the eagle? When I'm standing on top of that mountaintop knowing that I never have to go back down, that all i got to do is fly to the next one or fly to the next one and fly to the next one. Because as an eagle soaring in the right atmosphere and under the right conditions has all the energy in the world to never have to go down into the valleys. So that's where we're at today. Those are the things that we need to think about in, in Christianity. We need to think about that in our lives. Uh, I'm excited about camp this summer. Because I know there's a lot of kids struggling right now. They're in the valleys, and they don't know how to get out. They don't know what to do next. And I know that when they come to camp, they're going to learn lessons of Jesus Christ. They're going to learn how to stretch their wings. They're going to learn how to get up into that upper atmosphere, and they're going to learn to rely on Jesus Christ. And when they do that, they will be lifted. We're going to offer that opportunity for you today to allow Jesus to lift you up. He's the only one that can do it. 
It's not rocket science. It's just God. And it's, we may never understand it, but allow him to lift you up today.